0: He's got room now, it's Leo Messi, 1-1. And turns into the triple, brilliant forward, amazing goal from Cristiano Ronaldo. Balotelli,
1: Camero.
0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Sport Fix podcast with me, Daniel Majani. And me, Kelvin Mwangi. Yeah. And so today for the first time in the show, we are joined by a very special guest who will introduce himself.
2: Uh, My name is Duncan, uh, a friend of uh, the two guys here. So today I've joined them uh, for the Sports Freak
0: podcast. Yeah, welcome, Duncan. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, today in the highlights, we'll be covering the very controversial video assistant referee, followed by the rather weird and very tough top four race to the for the premier league and uh, uh, we'll be also discussing the champions league regarding the fixtures that will be played this week and finally we'll be concluding with what is turning out to be a very exciting title race in the syria so for the first uh, topic of the day which is the vr uh, it's been a very controversial topic and i have a question for both of you guys is the problem the technology or the people who are supposed to implement the technology? What's wrong with the VR?
1: Uh, so for me, the VR is a good thing to football, mm-hmm. because first thing it's video assistance referee, where a referee may be prone to error, but the replays are always right. So I think that's a plus-plus to football, but the problem now comes to the decision making. It's not the video that makes the decision. It's uh, another external referee who makes the infield referee to say it's either a goal or not a goal. Mm -hmm. Because the infield referee doesn't go to the booth and checks for himself. So a decision is made on behalf of the Referee, and that to me is not that's just like the same thing as the VAR mm-hmm. doing it but the ref doesn't have a chance to decide the game.
2: But then again you look at it um, with the VAR at the end of the day as much as it is a good thing uh, we have to remember that um, the people who are manning uh, the VR, at the end of the day, they are human beings. So they are going to make mistakes. I uh, realized like uh, yesterday's game between uh, Chelsea and Manchester United. Frank Lampard, who's the manage- manager to Chelsea, uh, had this to say. He said that it was a soul destroying decision mm-hmm. by the VR to the Chelsea fans. Um, Personally, I would have wished uh, that um, Manchester would have beaten Chelsea by even six goals. but then again, realized that uh, being a football fan, that was very bad to see to see. Um, because at the end of the day, Fred um, pushed uh, um, Delino, and uh, he had uh, that is how Williams was brought down, and because the referees didn't see that, it costed them a whole goal. So at the end of the day, the VR is a good thing. Uh, it's made a lot of sense for football right now, a lot of mistakes uh, which um, weren't unnoticed before, are being noticed right now, but um, the question is, and I want to put this question to you guys, do you think it is um, the, the, the fun of it, the fun of football and uh, looking at how exciting it used to be, uh, is it right now um, dilute, is it um, way too plastic or what do you think guys?
0: Yeah, sure. I I think yeah that question actually is very is a very good question. And I'd say that football has been diluted. That's a fact. Uh, for me, as a football fan, I used to love it uh, 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 way back when we used to discuss like you tell a friend uh, the referee robbed us. To me, that was more fun. Yeah, rather than having the VR giving you that decision, it was better for me to stay a whole year knowing that Arsenal scored a handball goal against Manchester United, sure. which was allowed, you know, and it it will always give me like an excuse to say, okay, you won, but that was a handball, and the referee was on your side. You see, that also made, uh, for me, that also made uh, football more fun. But coming to think of it, I love the VR. I don't have the, any kind of problem with the VR, but my major my major issue with the video assistant referee is that it makes... A football match have two referees. What was the essence of having the video assistant referee, that little screen in the in the stadium? Why is it there yet the referee cannot use it? Because yeah, because for me I feel like the referee should be given the option of not even the option. It should be compulsory whenever something happens in the pitch. Like how it w- it was done in during yeah, the World uh, Cup.
2: Uh, like, i uh, sorry to interject. Um, yeah. um, yesterday's game, and you looked at it at uh, the incident where we had Harry Maguire and uh, Michi Matshai, and um, there's a lot of talk about what happened, and you realize that it felt like um, Harry Maguire put a put out a kick towards uh, Michi. Mm-hmm. uh You look at it uh, compared to the other incident with Son, um, and uh, Rudiger. Yeah. Where son was shown a straight red card, but uh, with this one, actually the referee was just uh, a few I meters mean, uh, uh, towards the the screen, yeah. the VR, the VR. But they didn't use it. Um, I, I I think. Um, do you think it's some some sort of biasness, or what was what was that all about? Because I felt like it was almost the same situation with the son's incident, yeah. but then the outcome is quite um, different.
0: Yeah, actually that point brings me back to to what i was saying before uh, whereby referees are human that's why i'm saying the vr doesn't have a problem because when when the incidents, uh, i think it was between son and rudiger during that incidence the referee decided you know the v- the work of the vr is to just give you the the action of what happened now then it's the work of the referee to, to inter- interpret, decision. yes, to interpret, is this really a foul or what was it, so that the referee can decide on what to do. So, in Son's case, the referee viewed uh, and decided that this is a red card offense. But for for Manchester United case, the referee and the people in charge of the VR saw that this case doesn't, because I don't even think, was Mag- Maguire given a yellow card? No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. He wasn't given any card. <laughs> so, I think... Uh, in this in this case the referee uh, or whoever who watched the the clip saw that this thing doesn't deserve a card so that's why i'm saying the var is good for football but the problem is the people who are supposed to implement these football rules i think they are not making in fact, I think uh, the people in England are, tr- are trying too much to complicate things. The VR should just be a simple thing. If you look in the other leagues, the Bundesliga, the French Ligue 1 and the La Liga, Syria, they are using the VR quite well. You'll never hear a lot of problems with this thing. But whenever it comes to England, in fact, this thing I usually hear the commentators saying, is it a clear and obvious error? Now you start to wonder what kind of rules are these. Because if someone has... Uh, has uh, handle the ball in the in the penalty area. It should just be a penalty, but you, uh, in some instances, like for for example, the Liverpool game. Now the people in the VR they want now to interpret it uh, differently. Now they want to ask themselves questions like, was it intentional? Where was the hand? Uh, how like during the weekend? I I don't know which fixture was that, but okay. they they were asking. Just a minute. They were they were asking. Uh, I think it was. Southampton game, Southampton versus Burnley. There was a handball, but it was not given because they were saying the Burnley defend, I think it was Ben Me, that Ben Me and the person who kicked the ball, they were too close to each other. So the handball was not given because of that. Wow. Yeah, so I feel, That's I, I feel the VR is right, but the people who are making the decisions, they are making the wrong decisions.
2: Uh, but then again, I would say, uh, look at football. Uh, so, in general, it is quite an emotional game. Yeah. Uh, all, most decisions are co- actually made emotionally. What I will point out uh, the difference between the Sons' um, um, situation and Maguire's situation. Look at how uh, Michi behaved um, after that kick. Like uh, he just stood up immediately. Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. make uh, yeah. so much out of it yeah. compared to how Rudiger was uh, rambling around. Very dramatic, <laughs> <one. Yeah. laughs> really dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> he was jumping around, shouting, almost crying. You also look at how uh, the fans reacted. Chelsea fans yesterday, uh, when they saw uh, the incident, they, were, they, they didn't um, protest a lot. Yeah. Look at the other time uh, with uh, Rudiger. And you look at uh, also Frank Lampard. And um, Mourinho. The difference is uh, when um, M- 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 when uh, the incident with Son uh, happened, you look at uh, how Mourinho reacted. He was jumping all around and showing uh, the, ref card, the ref that you uh, should produce a card. That's a yellow, that's a yellow. He's, uh, he's diving and all. Mm-hmm. But uh, Frank was not uh, that protesting. He was not uh, trying to protect his players. And I also think uh, the Chelsea fans really let down uh, Mitch, at that time. Because I think uh, yesterday Mitch was really frustrated with the fact that he was not uh, scoring goals. He squandered a lot of chances. So he didn't want to major a lot on such a situation. Mm -hmm. But then again, if you look at uh, the VAR, as you said, it's uh, quite appalling to look at because you remember there's an incident with uh, Firmino a few uh, games back. Where they say that it was just a foot ahead or something, I think uh, the decision around, um, ah, or rather the discussion around these decisions, it's quite. Um, I, I think people should it's just. Uh, it's very controversial. Like uh, we should stop having this so much discussions around uh, things because if it's um, if it's a um, handball, let it be a handball. If the, it's an offside, it doesn't matter whether it's a yard of an uh, of an offside or a meter or a centimeter or. Um, even uh, 10 yards. If it's an offside, you're on offside. If it's a foul, it's a foul. So I think uh, yesterday um, the referees got it wrong with the first incident and also the Maguire's incident. So at that point, I'd say the VAR let the football world down at that point and mostly the Chelsea fans.
0: No, The, the VAR is right. The referee let the people down. And yeah, yeah, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, that's why, okay, as, as I conclude my point on this VR story, I think I'd, I'd have to say one thing. It's high time uh, the Premier League should just uh, leave the decision-making to the referee because before the match start, uh, starts, there's only one referee who's supposed to be in the pitch giving out, uh, making the key decisions regarding the game. So, the referee, the that little screen should just be put there uh, across the line Whenever there's anything that the VR needs to be consulted, they should just give the referee the chance to look at it and give the final decision. Because I feel whenever the referee uh, asks the people in the VR uh, room what to make of that decision, at that moment, that for me, that already means that the, the match has two referees. And that's not right. And I feel like the referee should make the decision because he's the one that's in the game. He knows the atmosphere. So his decision is guided, you know, uh, as compared to the people who are just uh, in a room somewhere and decide this is not a foul, this is a foul, this is not a red card or not. So I'd say the referees should just be given the final uh, the final say regarding the kind of decision that should be made uh, in the pitch.
1: Yeah, and on me to conclude about the VR, I think I'm torn apart between it being good and it being unnecessary. Because all players love the momentum and the fans are always in the momentum. So when there's a weird decision, there's too much tension that's created between those few seconds or minutes Mm -hmm. and everyone is very anxious and that anxiety and break of momentum where you have to stop the game. Uh, to me, uh, just gets the fun out of the, out of that moment or out of the match. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. In fact, how you see how people like how Zuma, for example, celebrated yeah, yeah, for that goal. Yeah, yeah it, it really takes the fun away from football because you invest a lot of time and energy doing uh, maybe a practice celebration then after all that <laughs> 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 then after all that's that funny. yeah then after all that you just see like vr checking decision no goal so that also takes a lot of fun yeah from football and that that's another af- aspect i think the only way that can be changed is that the vr maybe the decision should only like be like less than a minute tops or or even 30 seconds Bef- because i think it's very unfair for people whereby you celebrate a goal now then the VR starts checking for almost 4 minutes or or for example uh, the game against man city and tottenham whereby aguero was fouled on the box then the match continued for over 2 minutes now then the penalty has to be brought back again you see yeah, yeah. so what if yeah what if what if tottenham scored during that 2 minute window that the v r was checking before they been a goal uh, no they'd they'd have rejected it actually because now they'd say it can't be allowed because a penalty has to be given on the, oh, other, on side. the other side yeah, yeah. so yeah. I think the the v r football will just be better without v r that's what i that's what i can say um uh, I'll also want
2: to just uh say a little thing about the v r before we conclude um i agree with the uh, what you've said, uh, Daniel, because um, I think, um, um, one, the decision should be left to one person, mostly the referee. Because the the fact that we have, uh, I think, uh, several guys who are checking on the VR is where the confusion comes in. So, like, uh, let's uh, leave uh, the referee, the infield referee, to just go towards the screen, check on what has happened, Mm -hmm. and make a decision uh, immediately. That will remove all the hula baloo around... um, the VAR and the controversies that have been coming through the VR. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, I, I applaud uh, the, the English uh, football fraternity for bringing the VR. I think it's a good thing, mm-hmm. and we just need to check on some few areas about the VR, mm-hmm. and football will be okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, we dive uh, directly into the English Premier League top four race, and I have to say it's quite it's quite a race because I, uh, as i'm seeing right now actually the top 4 race starts all the way from the 10th position because chelsea are only two games away before arsenal can be able to <laughs> to match uh, their points tally sure yeah so this is one one heck of a of a fight uh, with some surprise inclusions i have to give a very commendable shout-out to Sheffield United. Uh, Chris Wilder is doing uh, a phenomenal job at that football club, keeping in mind they were just promoted uh, the other day, but they are giving the big boys a, uh, big. Yes, yes, a run for their money. So, uh, a question to, uh, to both of you. How do you see this panning out? Because, uh, per se, I think the... Top three is pretty much done or do you or do you both feel like even Leicester can 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 get maybe toppled over by the other clubs?
1: Yeah, I feel anything is possible in the Premier League. For example, we've seen Man City there is struggling twenty-five points behind number one, well Liverpool. Nobody expected such a gap but Leicester, they were uh, just following Liverpool very closely. Some months back, but they lost grip. And so, having 12 games to play, I don't know the outcome of the games, but I feel Leicester could bottle these and they could live and finish outside the top four. Really? That's my okay. thinking.
2: Uh, my thinking is this. Um, look at uh, Manchester City. And what has happened uh, the last uh, few days? They've been banned uh, for two years for in the Champions League football. Right. So the the what I'm what I might be asking you guys is this: What is the most motivation right now for Man City in uh, top four football? Because uh, the league is gone already. Yeah. They are not sure of their spot in the Champions League for a season, come next next season. So I think, um, leave alone even Leicester bottling up uh, the top four. I think if there's a team that lacks motivation uh, for the top four is uh, Man City. Uh,
0: They'll be playing for prestige. (laughs) Yeah,
1: one final. Silly thing to say is Man City fans have said they are not worrying about this. They're not worrying too much about the ban because it's already happened. Because, you know, Arsenal and Manchester United are not going to qualify for the Champions League for those two years. Uh. (laughs) They feel it will be equal. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you will say on that.
2: But uh, let's be sincere with ourselves. I think um, Arsenal are not getting anywhere close to the top four. Um, I think at uh, the top four, let's not forget about Wolves. They've been having quite a good uh, run uh, with uh, the, the recent games that we've been playing. Sheffield United the same. Um, so I think um, ch- Chelsea and Tottenham, I'm so sure t- uh, Tottenham will um, go above uh, Chelsea because when you look at ch- how Chelsea are playing right now, Tottenham have more motivation. They have a new coach and uh, th- who is trying to bring new players. Uh, the younger players. The younger players are quite motivated. Some of them, it will be their first time playing in the Champions League football. So, I think, um, looking at uh, the, the table right now, my, here's my prediction for the top four football uh, at the end of the season. Liverpool, um, Leicester, Tottenham, Manchester United. And Man City? Man City, I'm, 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 like I told you before, yeah. I'm sure those, the, uh, they're not... Um, <laughs> in, anywhere motivated towards uh, going to the top for <laughs> some.
0: Okay, for me, uh I'm pretty much sure that the top three is just done. So, I don't know the order of how uh, both Manchester City or Leicester will finish, but for sure Liverpool will carry the day. But yeah, That's yeah, given. But Man City and Leicester will both finish two and three, but I don't know in which order. So, the biggest competition will be to get the fourth and the fifth spot, uh, where by now both uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United and Arsenal will be fighting for that spot. That has to be number four and number five. And, uh, and by the way, Manche- that Manchester City ban means a lot for Premier League because that, that means that since uh, number five will qualify for the Champions League, then there'll be an extra slot for the Europa League. Yeah? So, in fact, next season, we might see Sheffield playing in Europe. And that will be something very... You no, know, it actually will be like the previous season, because Wolves were promoted last season, is sure. And now, and they also played uh, the Europa League. So, something similar can also happen this season, because if Sheffield get to finish either uh, number six, number seven, or number eight, they'll be, they'll be eligible to play in Europe. So the title, the top four, the top four race is actually getting tougher and tougher simply because clubs like Wolves are getting quality players because the likes of uh, Jimenez, the likes of Doherty, the likes of Diogo Jota, these are people who can play for any team in the Premier League. If you ask me, Adam Traore, for example. So the likes of Chelsea, Man United and Arsenal will really have to pull up their socks if they are to compete with the likes of Wolves because the, uh, these teams are really uh, doing great in the transfer market and they are getting players that can challenge even uh, for, the, for the top 4 race or even the title because they are very good players, I, might, I have to say.
1: Okay, so my prediction for the top 4 uh, will be Liverpool, that's a done deal. The are uh, first, no matter what. And then Man City will be second. And then Leicester might finish third. I had, I had said they might even finish out of the top no, the, four. The, but, yeah. okay, let me Nine give points. them a benefit of doubt. Yeah. They'll be in at position three. Position four is very tricky because the difference between position four where Chelsea are and number ten where Arsenal are is seven points and to lose two games in a row in the Premier League is something we've seen a lot of times so can't tell really who number four will be because also the difference between Chelsea and Tottenham who are close fifth there is just one point and Manchester is just three points down the line. And so it's tricky there, but for Sheffield, I heard you say they might play in the Europa. I think there's a, there's a popular saying that we know how it all ends. I think <laughs> Sheffield will still go back to it. To is, uh, to their place at around <laughs> mid uh, mid table, with yeah. around yeah. nine or ten. Yeah. So no
0: Europa League for them. They actually they will, and I tell you why. Yeah, Sheffield play better football than than Everton and even Wolves because if you if you really watch Wolves game, you realize that they they really they depend on uh, counter counter-attacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for Sheffield, they really arrange the the game. They they know what they are doing. So they're in in a more uh, advanced uh, position to play in the Europa League. And for clubs like Manchester United and Arsenal, I actually call them a bunch of jokers. And for, you see, like Arsenal, for example, they should be playing for them just, they should just get the six points so that they can get to 40 points and they can be assured that they won't be relegated. Yes, the same for Manchester United. Because uh, 40 points is the magic number And both of these teams are yet to even reach 40 points. And the season is more than halfway. So what makes me believe that Leicester will finish in the top three is because Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United are very inconsistent. In such a way that Leicester can fail even to win their next four games. And still none of these teams will be at par. Yeah, yeah. For, for, For a club like Tottenham... I th- uh, Mourinho, actually, I'm wondering what uh, Mourinho has had uh, as an impact to this Tottenham side because Tottenham are leaking goals and that's not uh, how Mourinho does it. I
2: Tottenham have a pr- big problem with the, the loss. Uh, hurricane not being around.
0: Yeah, but, but, the injury. but they're also conceding a lot of goals. You know, <laughs> since Mourinho was appointed, I think Liverpool are the only team that have scored more goals than Tottenham. So as much as Hurricane is injured, I can say, they are also trying to score a lot of goals. But the problem has to come, uh, they are really leaking in a lot of goals. Uh, I don't know what what's happening to Aldaverold. He's been very inconsistent uh, this season, as well as Van Tongen. <laughs> so I think uh, when the season ends, I I have to say Tottenham really need to, to invest in, in the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so. I wouldn't. Uh, uh, you just said that you're uh, Manchester United and Arsenal are a bunch of jokers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's my take. Arsenal is a big uh, joke. <laughs> 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 Leave Manchester United out of that. Yeah. Arsenal, no, Arsenal, 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 Arsenal is the are, biggest
0: uh, joke. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> just a blind leading another blind.
2: Those
1: two. Are Look at Manchester United. Right? They're both clowns. Yeah. Manchester
2: United is a club that is rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole, as much as I don't like the guy I think he's uh, also a joker He should be at Arsenal right now <laughs> But uh, there's one positive thing that the man is doing He has brought in younger guys And he has built faith in them huh? He has built so much faith in those guys That um, if you look at uh, how Fred And uh, a lot of the younger guys caught, they're playing right now they're quite believing in themselves. So Manchester United, especially judging by the last two games, mm-hmm. they are settled, a little bit settled. Yeah. Ateta is having a problem even getting the first 11. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't even know now the difference between it's Ateta and Emile. <laughs> yeah. It's yet to know his team. Mm-hmm. And they have a problem with the front line. Yeah. Pepe is overhyped. Mm-hmm um he gets a good goal or a good as t- assist in one game mm-hmm. no one goes, like Pepe. <laughs> goes for four games playing very mediocre soccer uh-huh. um look at um manchester united right now if i compare the two clubs mm-hmm. We are hoping that uh, Andres Pereira won't see the light of day in the Manchester United uh, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but he played yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, and we're hoping so that he'll be,
2: we'll be only coming at the 85th minute yeah. every other time. Yeah. After we score like two, three goals, okay. which is okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what we are saying right now is Manchester United, with the trend and uh, the morale that is coming, mm-hmm. Manchester United mm-hmm. are either finishing fourth mm-hmm. or fifth. Okay. And I'm saying this, mm-hmm. Mark.
0: My word. We should. We Fourth, can hold you accountable.
2: All right, hold me accountable. Fourth yeah. or fifth.
0: Okay. Yeah. So now that we have finished uh, speaking about jokers, let's now <laughs> s- move to serious matters <laughs> uh, of people who are playing in the Champions League. <laughs> 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 yeah. These are not jokers. Right. <laughs> uh, like,
1: that's the real men's conference. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I'll say, uh, look mm. at
0: uh,
2: the fixtures. Mm-hmm. Like. um we are in for quite um, a, good, a good, several entertainment. Box office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have, um, I'll, I'll start to talk about um, Liverpool and Atletico. Let yeah. me just give my take uh, with the two clubs. Mm-hmm. that Because uh, that is what they're playing today. Liverpool is a um, really good club. Because Liverpool, they're, they're, right now, um, they've gone and beaten for how many games?
0: Quite a lot. Quite a lot games. In the Premier In the League, pre- they are on a 43-game strike. They are just like five games away yeah. from equaling and breaking Arsenal's record. Yeah. I don't know what they're um, forcing
2: it. Atletico Madrid uh, was such a good team uh, two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Atletico Madrid have lost a lot of their... Um, the best players, I would mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have uh, the concrete players that you can pr- probably build a play on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likes of uh, De- uh, the Gudin, Gr- Griezmann. Uh, so the, the, a lot of players right now cannot uh, really impact so much because I don't think Morata is one player that you can com- uh, compare with the, the rest of the the club, uh, the team, the, the the previous players that have been in the team. So today. I think um Liverpool are going to have a field day with uh, Madrid. Atle- Atletico Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh hoping Mane will score like two goals mm-hmm. because uh Mane is quite in- having a good run especially in Champions League football. So you are
0: hoping and you are Manchester United fan.
2: But then <laughs> um, I'm I'm hoping that uh, the 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 the, the cap will state uh, England uh-huh. right now yeah. because I think uh, the dominance with the uh, Spain, Spain yeah and has been in there and I I I, I hate dominance yes so I have I, to I, agree I think um because we can't uh, really bag on uh, Manchester City yeah see, I'm hoping and I'm saying this with a lot of anger mm-hmm. I'm hoping uh, Liverpool will still bring the. Uh, the, the cup oh, back Jesus. to England no
1: ah <laughs> uh, for me I don't hate dominance I wish if Arsenal would carry the UEFA Champions League every other year yeah, if
0: wishes were horses
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I don't mind about Liverpool's dominance mm-hmm. and anyway I would wish the cup back to come back to England whether with uh, for Chelsea it's possible, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, uh, they are already at a dead end. That's the best they would have gone. That's the farthest they would have gone. Mm-hmm. So, But will they
0: yeah. considerable double figures oh, like you guys?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh eh? my gosh. You never know. Tottenham <laughs> Tottenham with a very good side mm-hmm. letting seven goals. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you never know with, with Nabri on the other side whereby he wants to prove that London is red. Mm -hmm. You never know what you'll do to Chelsea. So Uh, on the other fixtures, on today's fixtures, it's like we said, Liverpool, I give that a win. They'll beat Atletico. Uh, The defensive football right now is not... As it was, like we said, the legends of the defence, of Simeone's defence, like mm-hmm. Juan Fran, Felipe Luiz, mm-hmm. the likes of Diego Godin are all gone, and Gabi. And now Liverpool, being the best club in Europe at the moment, I think they have a high chance of winning this. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Dortmund versus... Paris-Saint-Germain. That's a very interesting fixture. I call it mm. the,
0: the Battle of the Bottlers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, to me this season I don't feel like... I don't feel like Paris-Saint-Germain are going to but, uh, to bottle it again. Mm-hmm. They've bottled it on several occasions, and we all wonder the star-studded team like one of the Galacticos, like maybe you could call it the modern-day Galactico, but they don't perform to fans' expectations. Though this season, I give them an upper hand, Mm -hmm. because they've been very good defensively, apart from just offense with the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria, and and Mm -hmm. They also have a good Defense back there. Yeah. They are not conceding so many. Mm-hmm. And for Dortmund, with the signing of Haaland being a very crucial one, because they have yeah. very tricky <laughs> wingers. <laughs> and uh, they also have very good offensive players like Brandt. They are Julian Brandt at the number 10 position and Goethe can be a good sat there. And Sancho being on a good run of form and rails on big games you expect him to deliver. Have you named Haaland? Yeah, yeah, yeah I oh, said. Okay. <laughs> so what's uh, your prediction today? My um, prediction that's a tight match uh-huh. and I expect both teams to score, though uh-huh.
0: I will give it to PSG. So for me, uh, the Dortmund versus PSG match, uh, I feel like it will be a match it will be decided by who outscores the other because both team are very good going forward but they are very poor uh, uh, defending but I also have to commend PSG because they really worked on their on their midfield over the summer with the acquisition of Idris Gueye and Herrera I think these two players they they can they can really help the team uh, matters defending yes but I'm rooting for Dortmund uh, that's not a secret but I really hope, uh, I really hope, I'm not a PSG fan, but I really hope that maybe this season it's high time they should stop disappointing their fans because the club has really invested a lot in, in that squad and they are really doing well. So I saw that both Mbappe and Neymar travelled with the team, yeah. so I guess they'll be involved and these two people are game changers and Ricardi is in the form of his life. And should leave misfire. They have the options of having Cavani on the bench. Yeah. Wow. To I yes to, to promoting. I think PSG should just be uh, working on ways that will make them go all the way to the final. Because with the kind of score that they have, we should not just be talking uh, about PSG getting out in the. Is this the round of 16?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the round
0: of 16. Yeah. Wow. I had actually forgotten. You see, I, it's always at this stage. ...that PSG tend to bottle it. In fact, Dortmund will win this game. Let me tell you. Dortmund will win this game because I don't know... ...what kind of demons they, that they usually come, up, uh, come out... ...whenever PSG get at this level... ...because they have very... Like, you see... ...this Dortmund side is way better... ...than the Manchester United side that... Uh, ...knocked out PSG last season. You know? Sure. And, yes, and PSG had a superior squad. They had a 2 nil win... 2 nil lead, and actually that 2 nil was away at Old Trafford. So they had a 2 nil lead, and they had an uh, advantage for the fixture, but they still lost. So I just really hope that uh, during this uh, fixture, PSG maybe they, they should just, like, don't disappoint their fans. That's what I hope they'll do.
1: Uh, but don't forget, Dortmund doesn't have Lukaku. You know, you <laughs> mentioned... Manchester United Dortmund. scored last season and the Lord himself, the, uh-huh. Lord Lukaku. Yeah, yeah. You should respect that player but, very much. But so, Dortmund
0: have Haaland. And don't forget, Haaland, it's only Lewandowski that has more Champions League goals than Haaland. Yeah, so,
1: don't forget that. But yeah.
0: PSG won't treat
1: Dortmund like they treated Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They'll so, treat them like they yeah, are fellow Bottlers. No, they'll yeah. just beat them. There's no argument about this. Anyway, mm-hmm. let it be decided on the pitch. Um, Looking at the PSG
2: and uh, Dortmund game today, there's a lot at stake and this uh, game means a lot to a lot of, uh, to some of the guys. Look at uh, Neymar, for example. Uh, yeah, he has traveled to, with the, the club to... German German today, but then you look at uh, Neymar, we're not We're sure if he's going to play because uh, he has missed the last four games because of a uh, rib injury that he had uh, a few games be- before his birthday. First of all, with Neymar, I don't understand what happens during uh, his birthdays. <laughs> uh, last year, he also had an injury and the p- previous year. He also had an injury just around his birthday.
0: And, and his and, sisters too. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know <laughs> what
1: happens. You know, Neymar has a problem where when he's in Barcelona, he feels he's under Messi's shadow. Uh-huh. And he shares his birthday with Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's a day when everyone is focusing on Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar is just left so, out there. So, so, so he, just, he pretends to be have an injury for yeah, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to get the headlines. There's
2: competition everywhere. <laughs> <before. laughs> but then yeah. look at that. Right, right now Neymar is 28 years of age. Um, the last time he had a good outing in the Champions League, you were when I was back when he was in Barcelona, yeah. So, MSM. I think, um, this is the time that uh, he needs to prove to the PSG fans that uh, that's the the reason why they got him to France. He needs to show how world class he is, he needs to show that he can uh, fit in the foot of the likes of Messi and Cristiano, and these are the kind of games where they need uh. Uh, Neymar to, show, to showcase his skills so um, looking at it I think Neymar if he's going to play he's going to be one to watch uh, I'm going to, if he's going to be in the field then one or two goals for coming from Neymar and maybe an, arti- an, an assist that's a must uh, you look at uh, the likes of um, Mbappe Mbappe has uh, also had a good uh, streak uh, to do, to Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was in Monaco, yeah, 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 uh, they, th- they beat uh, Dortmund yeah, 3 yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's coming he in. on
0: both fixtures. Yeah.
2: So he's coming in with a lot of zeal, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of um, morale. He knows that because he did this when he was just 18 years of age. Yeah. So right now he's quite older. He has matured and uh, coming to into this big game. He's a World Cup, uh, world cup winner. So he's not uh, intimidated in any way coming to the Champions League. So I'm so sure that he's going to perform very well. Cavani, too, has also, um, is uh, getting quite old. People are speculating that he's going to join the MSL. Mm -hmm. So this might be the one of the, maybe the last uh, Champions League that he's going to feature in. So he also wants to probably mainly bring the, uh, the title back to France. And uh, so and uh, with the kind of um, investment the club has been doing, I say that they're better placed at uh, having a good game besides, uh, Athletic, uh, besides uh, Dortmund. But then again, you look at uh, PSG with um, their record and uh, how they've been doing in away matches, especially in the Champions League. They've not been doing quite well and uh, Dortmund being at home they always call the place uh, a tower whereby uh, most clubs that go to Dortmund they're quite intimidated mm-hmm. and so with the fans and uh, the atmosphere so if um the players from P- PSG don't uh, maintain a high head in this game mm-hmm. they're going to have it very hard on them yeah. so i think um most likely i uh, i think the both uh, teams or rather both clubs will go Will score mm-hmm. today, but uh, but uh, Dortmund will clearly win this game mm-hmm. three yes. two. Mm-hmm. That is my suggestion.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, oh, so I'm the only one rooting for PSG. No, it's no, not I, a matter I of I'm not. Of I'm not rooting uh, for PSG. I'm saying, uh, PSG will.
2: Uh, will not have it easy today. But then PSG at home, they're quite lethal. So and Dortmund are uh, very. Uh, I would say they're very. They, they become very intimidating in they go away in away matches. So most most are home today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying uh, for the second leg, PSG will have a field day with uh, Dortmund. <laughs> Maybe even four goals. But today, uh, they're going to have it quite tough for them.
1: Okay, and the next fixture, uh, uh, the next two fixtures of the Champions League this week are between Atlanta and Valencia, whereby Atlanta will be hosting Valencia. And then the other one is between Tottenham and Leipzig. Leipzig. Wow. And now, uh, what's your take on the two matches?
0: I'm really looking forward for the Tottenham versus Leipzig match, because eh, Leipzig have just been one hell of. I just love their story. I just love their story of how eh, as much as people try to involve money in playing a major role to where they are right now which i don't disagree i have to say that i, l- I love their philosophy they are nurturing a lot of young players the likes of timovana the likes of nkuku um, broma yeah yeah you see those are very young guys who uh, leipzig decided that we are going to focus on these people and help them develop to good players so as much as they invested a lot of money in the structures they didn't invest uh, a lot in getting players, but they have good players who they have nurtured all along. So this will be uh, a very good fixture uh, to to watch. Uh, I'm really hoping to see uh, what Mourinho uh, will have in store for us because uh, Mourinho has not been uh, has not been the best in the Champions League since he last won it. He's been having uh difficult moments at madrid at chelsea at manchester united and now at tottenham but with that i i have to really come back to that point that i stated earlier with that shaky defense i don't think uh, they they'll go through because timovana is very clinical and a lot of those uh, leipzig players they are very good going forward so uh, Tottenham will really need to up their game, uh, matters defense if they are to get anything from these fixtures. But I think Leipzig will carry the day. And as for Atlanta, it's Atlanta versus Valencia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really impressed by Atlanta. They are doing a, a, ve- a very good job in the Serie
1: Yeah, they've not lost in their last five matches. Yeah,
0: yes. And keeping in mind, this is their first season ever. In the in the Champions League, right. I remember when we were talking about them during the group stages, we, we couldn't even imagine that they they'd they'd go uh, past it. But now they are here. Yeah, they have a very good squad, by the way. They're very good squad. I don't know most of their player, uh, most of their players, but the ones that I know, they are, they are very good. So I think uh, I have to go. Uh, Atlanta versus Valencia. I I have to go there. I think Atlanta will carry the day. And for Leipzig versus Tottenham, that will be very close. But I think it will either be a draw or Leipzig will win it.
2: I look at um, the Tottenham game uh, against Leipzig. This is uh, <laughs> it's quite funny. You know Mourinho, I look at Mourinho and I always say that he's a very cheeky mm-hmm. manager. And a very entertaining. But today, all odds are against him. <laughs> I look at um he doesn't have a striking force mm. right now because yeah. uh um you know, of course uh, we have um hurricane who's not uh in, in the squad i don't think even he'll be traveling with the squad uh not they at home and uh, also son got an injury so he's not being he's not going to be fielded today and um we have to ask ourselves who are the na the best players or rather the best attacking players in uh, Tottenham because they actually also lost Ericsson <laughs> a few weeks ago to Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. So most of the, um, the players that will be playing up front are not quite um, matured enough. They have not um, experienced in especially European football. And I think um, today they're going to have it really tough against uh, Leipzig. So Mourinho will have also, of course, we expect um, Leipzig to, m- to maintain most of the game. most of the the possession of the ball. Uh, Mourinho will be most likely depending on uh, counterattacks tonight. uh, Probably have the club um, sucking a lot of pressure from Leipzig and uh, then maybe get those two, three chances and score. Mm -hmm. Which, in my opinion, (laughs) they won't even have those two chances. So today, I'm going to root for Leipzig and that is um, maybe three (laughs) to one
1: yeah okay to me i'm um, one a different opinion think today i'm only one-sided <laughs> like you guys are ganging up on me on every <laughs> decision anyway for me leipzig will lose to spurs seen this before seen spurs handle ajax mm-hmm. ajax beats Juventus, but... Yeah, and beats Real Madrid, but English clubs against other clubs except the Spanish clubs, in most cases, it's always the English club is superior. So I feel like Tottenham will just...
2: Again, the only motivation for Tottenham today is just the fact that they reached uh,
1: the finals
2: of the Champions League last season. But again, uh, besides that, is there anything else that they're on the table?
1: Yeah, I've seen them without Hurricane, yeah. like last season when they were playing Man City in those two, uh, in that crazy comeback, and playing, nice playing Tottenham, uh, playing Ajax, playing every other team they played last season without Hurricane. I think they still can play without him in these... Fixture,
0: but. Yeah, the new signing, Bergwain.
1: Yeah, Bagwen is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's running the grounds mm-hmm. and uh, he's a good addition. We saw him score a good goal against Man City the other day, and he was also impressive in the last fixture Tottenham played. And so, like I said, I expect Leipzig to lose this. And again, Tottenham has the advantage that they'll be home. Yeah. And then in the At- Atlanta game, I can't forget, Valencia was in a group of death where they had yeah. Ajax, yes. and mm-hmm. Ajax and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And they managed to contain that group and qualified as the top of the group. So I expect Valencia also to give Atlanta a hard time, Mm -hmm. but that's in the second leg. In the first leg, Atlanta having not lost in their last five matches, I think they'll be good at home. So that's a close contest to me. But I expect a draw or Valencia wins. Uh, um, My thoughts on the
2: Atlanta versus Valencia game. This is quite a very (laughs) tough game looking at it. Um, Atlanta are coming into this game with a lot of um, morale and um, quite, um, they're quite steady right now, especially uh, during the fact that uh, midweek, they played against Roma and uh, they won that game. And uh, Roma quite a big club uh, back in um, the league. So I'm uh, I'm thinking that uh, Atlanta being at home today, they will be having um, a lot of the situation is going to be for them and against uh, Valencia. So, but Valencia are not quite uh, the kind of club to be intimidated with the home or away. They're, they've always been uh, the club that uh, tries the level best, um, whether down or um, well, uh, ahead, uh, up to the last minute of the game. So I'm so sure they're going to give it. Uh, they're going to bring their A game, and uh, judging by this, I would say. Atlanta will um, of course uh, win this game yeah. but uh, by a close margin maybe 2-1 or 1-0.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we should dive uh, quickly to the into the Syria uh, before we consume a, a lot of time and we'll just like peruse over there. It's actually been quite uh, a crazy race for the title because there's only a three-point gap between uh, the leaders who are Juventus and uh, position three Inter Milan. So we had a discussion, I think it was on our last episode, where we were talking about if Inter Milan will be the team that will finally end the the Juventus dominance, yeah, dominance in the Italian football. But it seems that we were not so accurate because there's a team that we overlooked by the name of Lazio. Lazio. Yeah, This team is actually doing very well so i think they're around like um 14 matches to go do you think that lazio will put in a, a fight to the wire or will Juventus still go with it or maybe um antonio contes man the the premier league rejects will be able to <laughs> to fire him up
1: okay like i say and i've said this before there's a favorite quote that says we've seen this before mm mm-hmm. We've seen teams behind Juventus on a very close contest. Napoli was there, done that several times. And like I said, a couple of episodes back, I still expect, we know how this all ends. I still expect by the end of the season, Juventus to carry the league. It might be as as tight of a race as it seems at the moment, but mm. I know those teams don't know how to maintain their lead or to... They don't know how to maintain their lead and just they can't contain the pressure to mm. be champions. Seeing Juventus even one point ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, my, my take is um, the Inter Milan that we
2: have right now under Conte. It's not quite uh, this, a similar Inter Milan that has been there for the last like uh, three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is a new age, a new era, a new. Most of them are new players. You look at them, as you call them, uh, the Premier League rejects. <laughs> Premier League Le- rejects, but they're coming with a lot of um, experience. They're coming with a lot of. Uh, they have. Uh, points to prove. I realize uh, Lukaku has points to prove to Manchester United. Eriksen feels like he has a lot to prove to Mourinho. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Ashley Young also feels like he has a lot to prove to to the Manchester United fans. I look at uh, Sanchez also has a lot to prove to Manchester in general. So I feel like um, uh, look at the depth of the team. Look at the depth of the club and the the players, the variety. I feel like... um, Mm -hmm right now uh, juventus are yes juventus are quite a good club but i'm sure that uh, this title judging with the number of games that are remaining it's uh, either going with lazio or inter milan not yeah. juventus
0: yeah. i i have i actually have to agree with you uh, because as, as as Kelvin has said i know i've been here before a lot of times eh? but i have to tell you this season is a lot different because lazio have character. You see Napoli, Napoli always had uh, a point at at a time where they will just crumble. But if if you look at this Lazio side, they have character as well as Inter Milan. And they are both looking like they want to take this all the way to the wire. And they also have very serious managers uh, at the helm of these clubs. So, And something that worries me a lot is that this Juventus side is not actually similar to the other Juventus side. If actually you just have a very honest discussion, it will be... I know you'll agree with me that Sari is not the best. Actually, I have to say that uh, Juventus sacking Allegri to get Sari was one of the biggest downgrades in football that I've ever seen. So one of the reasons that makes <laughs> me uh, think either Inter Milan or Lazio will carry this league is simply because Sari is making very poor decisions that will end up hurting Juventus. Juventus are not playing good football at all. They're actually just like dilly-dallying all the way to get like a one nil or 2-1. And if you look at the kind of teams that have beaten Juventus this season are not the kind of teams that they would have uh, bet Juventus when... When the other managers were at the helm of Juventus, because they are losing to the, the very small teams. Verona. Yeah, that was yes. quite. <laughs> Those are, are not teams that <laughs> champions uh, should be. Because if you look at the teams that, I think Inter Milan have lost just two games all season, and it was against Lazio and Ooh, Juventus. Juventus. You see, and Ju- and Lazio have lost, I think, also two games, and it was against uh, Juventus, and the other I think it was versus. Inter Milan, but I'm not so sure. But if you look at Juventus, they've lost uh, games against very poor teams. And, no, and now, those are the kind of teams that are, that are remaining.
1: Uh, to me, I'll say that that's a bad day in office. Mm-hmm. And we expect in soccer or football, you don't win every other game. We also expect Liverpool to lose at one point or another. so. For Juventus being losing to minor teams, but still being ahead with a point ahead of Lazio in second and three points ahead of Inter Milan, to me it doesn't matter who you lose to, as long as you're still top of the table, means you're the best in the league at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we have to look at the. Uh, uh, the last guy in form. We've always talked about him. Shiro Immobile. Mm-hmm. He's so consistent with 26 goals. He's the leading scorer in all. He has uh, four ahead of uh, Cristiano, right? No, six goals ahead of Cristiano. Ronaldo. And he's the leading scorer in the top five European leagues. So... I think he's a very important player for Lazio Lazio. at the moment, and he's very consistent. That's the key thing. That's why Lazio are performing that way. And they haven't conceded so many goals. They've conceded the least goals in the Serie 21 goals, followed by Inter, who've also conceded 22 goals, and then Juventus, who've conceded 23 goals, but they scoring their scoring is unbelievable so lazio having 55 goals they have a very good they have a very good goal difference so i think that's a tension to juventus cuz when they tie on points lazio will be ahead of juventus so anyway it's a tight race but as i said juventus I'll bet that. Take it to the bank.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, as we come to a conclusion uh, uh, for the show, I'd like us to like to uh, to talk just like about uh, two bonus topics that I just saw somewhere and they were very controversial. And I think that it wouldn't be fair for us to to complete the show without uh, talking or giving just our opinion or thoughts about it. So the first one has to be the Manchester City ban. As we know, Manchester City have been banned for two seasons. They won't be able to participate uh, in the Champions League and it has brought a lot of outcry from City fans. Although, uh, City as a club came out with a statement saying that they were not shocked by the the decision because they were expecting it all along. So, how does that hurt City? Do you think now they they won't be able to compete in the transfer market or do you think maybe now they will be losing a lot of players to other clubs because someone like Aguero had said that he won't leave City until the day that they will be able to lift the Champions League. So Aguero now is 31 years, now they have been banned for two seasons, so that means that he'll he'll next play in the Champions League when he's maybe 33 turning maybe 34 and we are not sure if, if maybe the other season they'll have qualified for the Champions League. How do you feel like this uh, decision will affect Manchester City?
1: Uh, It affects them in a very massive, massive way. As much as we like to joke that Arsenal and Manchester United won't qualify (laughs) for the Champions League for those two seasons. Mm -hmm. No, Man City fans can really feel it. And it's a big blow for the club and for the fans also. Because... Uh, they've assembled their team for a couple of years now and they are sure they can do it in the Premier League but they are never sure of the Champions League Mm -hmm. and right now when Guardiola really needs it, it's when a moment of controversy or maybe a, a moment of bad luck just came to them and the news weren't as good, but I saw Guardiola in a press conference say that Real Madrid should be very wary of them. Because it feels right now that Man City has been banned for two years. They really need to step up in this moment and try to win their games against Real Madrid. Then see their chances of at least lifting the current one that they're playing. Yeah. I think uh, Man City for me are
2: having quite a problem because of uh, the affiliations and uh, the owner of the club. Um, I, this is not the first time that Manchester City have been banned by UEFA. They were banned uh, by UEFA uh, back in 2014 and uh, they actually paid, uh, paid a fine for $45 million euros, if I'm not wrong. And this thing, they've been banned for two years and are supposed to pay a fine for 30 million euros. Mm-hmm. But, this is, but you look at uh, Man City even with the, the, with the um, this statement they put out after the ban. Uh, it all shows the kind of uh, character with uh, Man City in regards to fair play and uh, the regulations that uh, FIFA and UEFA um, have on clubs. So for me, it was a surprise that they were banned. I think it was um, the best decision, actually, to do because at the end of the day, some regulation has to be there for clubs to have uh, fair play going forward. Sure. So, um, I think um, uh, as much as they're saying they're going to appeal the decision, I don't think they're going to succeed in the appeal. So, look, uh, I I think uh, going forward, this is going to hurt the image of the club a lot in terms of... um, the, the fact that they're going, not going to play in the Champions League football for the next two seasons. They're also going to lose a lot uh, in attracting new players. So they cannot be able to attract good players because they won't be in Champions League football. So um, I'm going to say, because this is a good chance for them to go back to the drawing board and uh, rebuild, be, judging by the fact that they have players that are quite a bit um, elderly and they're moving out like Guero. Uh, but um. It is bad for players like uh, the likes of Sterling and Mahrez, De Bruyne, especially De Bruyne, because they've been playing quite well and it will have been amazing to see them in the Champions League. Mm. But um, decisions are there, regulations must be followed. So what I can say is uh, next time follow the rules mm-hmm. and uh, play good for them. <laughs> Yeah. So uh,
0: we've come to the end of the show today. It was such an exciting episode and we also like to thank our guest Duncan for for turning up. We truly yeah. appreciate well, Welcome. Yeah, so until next time, Manze, keep it sporty and don't forget to follow the Sports Freaks podcast on social media. We go by the same name on all the social media platforms.
2: And uh, like I always say, uh-huh. successful people look like Manchester United fans. Yes,
0: yeah. that's it. <laughs> Till next time, goodbye.
1: Goodbye. He's got room now. It's Leo Messi.
0: One-one. Now the turn to draw a brilliant footwork.